listening to Unscripted, the film show. Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Uh, it's Thursday night again. In fact, it's Thursday, the 24th of December. Happy Christmas, everyone. It's Christmas Eve, uh, and that means that uh, we're not here. So uh, we're, we're doing this as a pre-record, uh, but you are on Radio Free Mail. You're on Unscripted, the film show. I am joined by Rachel. I'm joined by Cecilia. My name's Lewis, and 2020, what a year, eh? What yes, a year. It's, it's been an interesting one for film releases, so... Uh we we aren't doing our traditional top ten, bottom five this year. We're doing a something different. Yeah, because because usually uh, in a normal year there'd be you know hundreds of films coming out that we would have seen. You know, probably roughly about eighty films. I would mm. say we average about in, in a usual year. Yeah. Uh, but this year it's uh, it's been a lot more difficult with the the cinemas being closed. Uh, you know, I guess here in Australia we've been able to get back in the cinema a little bit, but there's other parts of the world where they're still closed, and mm. uh, so a lot of things haven't been coming out, and so it's really changed the landscape of cinema. And so tonight, what we're going to talk about is our, you know, films and TV shows and streaming stuff that uh, came out in 2020, and no, no, no particular order either. Like we're not saying these are the best things that came out this year. Although I will give you a bottom uh, one for the year. <laughs> oh, I'm intrigued. Do we? Is that a suspense? Do we have to hold off until towards the end of the show? No, no. Before no. you tell us, or are you going to tell us no, now? I, I think we, we should uh, we should kick off the show with the the, the bottom uh, one of the year. Sure. And that's COVID nineteen, <laughs> uh, which is uh, just been a horrible, horrible thing uh and uh, I, i'm hopefully we're, we're seeing going to see the back end of it in 2021 so uh that being said let's get on with the the good things that came out in in 2020 and, uh, and talk about some uh films and streaming stuff and funny thing is a lot of the the films we talk about you probably see now on streaming because a mm. lot of them have moved over to netflix and uh, and amazon and places like that so um does anyone want to kick off well since it is christmas uh eve i will mention the happiest season which cecilia and i watched a couple of weeks ago which has got the wonderful um dan levy as well as Kristen stewart and mackenzie davis this is showing now still uh in the cinemas here in australia but if you are listening to us from america or uh elsewhere it is showing uh on streaming i believe through HBO um, possibly in America. So you can still get your hands on it. And it is a a lovely Christmas story um, that has Kristen Stewart and, and Mackenzie Davis are in a relationship. They go back home to Mackenzie's family's house. I'm sorry, I don't remember their characters' names. Um, but she has neglected to come out to her family. So she basically goes home and they have to pretend that Kristen is their, like – just her roommate who's an orphan orphan <laughs> roommate. Yeah. <laughs> so hilarity ensues and, you know, it gives you the laughs, it gives you the tears, it gives you a combination of everything. So um, and, of course, if you're a, a Shit's Creek fan, then you'll enjoy a bit more of Dan Levy. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It made me very happy and it's a nice Christmassy movie that I definitely will be putting on my rerun list every every year now, I think. 
Yeah, I think to my knowledge, it's the first same-sex uh, Christmas film. I mean, there there could be others out there, or at least one that um is a big film. mainstream. Yeah, mainstream is probably the mm. right word. But yeah, I I was grinning ear to ear. I could not stop laughing. Um, you know, it's got a fantastic supporting cast as well. You've got um Mary Steenburgen, uh, Mary Holland, Alison Brie, um, and of course Dan Levy. But yeah, no, it's such a great film, and I think that uh, yeah, it gave me lots of joy. Mm. Uh, uh, this one so yeah I'm excited to go back and re-watch it I think it'll it'll be a great one to sit around with friends and just have a nice glass of relaxing wine mm. and, and yes um words on bathroom walls might still be out that's another film that um we just recently saw uh and that deals with mental health issues and uh is a coming of age teen story with mental health issues it's um, quite emotional, but towards the, it's very, it leaves you uplifted at the end. So that's another film that's showing at the moment. So if you do have the luxury of going into a cinema or if you feel safe enough to do so, um, yeah, that's another film that's showing at the moment. Oh, excellent. Hmm. So uh, I guess for, uh, you know, Star Wars fans and, and genre fans, probably the biggest thing this year, because let's face it, there haven't been a lot of uh, superhero movies coming out in the, in the cinemas, nor uh, too much sci-fi. So the, uh, the, the one place you could guarantee a fix of uh, something that was a bit uh, sci-fi and a bit Star Wars was The Mandalorian on uh, Disney+. Plus. Oh, and here I thought you were going to say that... Um the Lego Star Wars Christmas special. Well, that's something I've got to add to my list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. Yeah, I'll speak about that as well. The uh, the Lego Star Wars Christmas special is, uh, is is amazing. It's the second Star Wars Christmas special since the original one that happened just after uh, Star Wars originally came out. Uh, which uh, it's it's terrible. Like uh, it, it's just a, a horrible horrible um, you know thing that they 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 put together. But it's still got a place in the hearts of Star Wars fans because it's the very first place that uh, Boba Fett was ever seen. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Lego Star Wars uh, Christmas special is amazing and uh, it pays homage to uh, the, the original one, but it's just, it's a cohesive story you know, about Ray trying to uh, understand how to become a better teacher to Finn so he, she can teach him the ways of the Force. Um, it's got all this crossover between the different uh, times of uh, of Star Wars, like they go back into the past, and uh, you know you see Ray interacting with Darth Vader and with the Emperor um, and with other uh, you know Jedi's and Masters from the past. So even though it's Lego and it's tongue in cheek, it's still really good and just really enjoyable um, but great for the whole family too. I think so. Has Bryce watched it now? He did. He did. He did yeah, yeah. yeah. So he enjoyed it. Next, I remember you said you put it on and he was like, no, I want the real Star Wars. Yes, and we watched Return of the Jedi <laughs> <Yeah>. instead. <laughs> Which he enjoyed thoroughly because, you know, Ewoks, who doesn't like them? Yes, very true, very true. Uh, so, yeah, it's the the, the Star Wars um, uh, Lego holiday special is great. But uh, The Mandalorian this season has been just, just phenomenal. Like Last season was really good, but... This season, they've they've stepped things up a notch. Uh, they've reintroduced Boba Fett into the the Star Wars um, you know canon because he died in uh, in Return of the Jedi, uh, but he's back and he's not dead anymore. So, so does this just? I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but is this like seven hundred years before Star Wars: A New Hope, or is this in a, another galaxy? Or I can never the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? what when is it set? The Mandalorian happens after Return of the Jedi. 
Okay. So, yeah, so that's why. So how can you introduce Boba Fett if he died? Well, because Boba Fett, uh, he, got, he, he didn't so much die as he fell into a Sarlacc pit. And the, the Sarlacc... Are you saying he survived the Sarlacc pit? I am saying he survived the Sarlacc Spoilers. pit. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really good because one of the things that George Lucas did in the prequels was um, he introduced the clone troopers and they were all the same guy, Tamir uh, Morrison, uh, the actor. Um, and so... Boba Fett was the uh, the unlike tampered with clone of Jango Fett, so that was his his payment was that he wanted to have a clone with no uh, genetic manipulation. So it's just a, a like for like Jango Fett to Boba Fett, uh, but then Jango got you know killed, and then Boba took the armor, and then he became a bounty hunter. And so in the uh, the Star Wars movies, you, you never really saw you know. You just saw this guy that was paid to find mm. people, and you never really got to to um, develop the character any further than a really cool costume. But in the Mandalorian, they've brought him back, and they've actually made him an honourable character. They've given him some reason for the things he does, um, and they've just—it's really, really cool. So that baby um, Yoda is not Yoda. No, 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 the baby is not Yoda. Okay. In fact, the baby uh, is—it now has a name, and his name is Grogu. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's set after um, uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's so it's like between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens is okay. where, where you're looking at it. Um, so the um, the Empire has been destroyed, but there's still remnants of it around the place, and the New Republic is trying to you know get things back together. Now I have a basis of where we're at. I may go and watch it. Yeah, Finally. And, and that's why when you go and watch the first season of, of Mandalorian, you'll see things like um, these Stormtrooper uh, helmets on sticks and stuff on like spikes, that. On spikes, yeah. So that, that's why, because you know, the Empire's the kind Empire's. of formed. Oh, okay. um, you'll see some Stormtroopers who are there and their armor's looking really tattered because they're just trying to make a living by doing bounty hunter type jobs um but then they do introduce the remnants of the empire back near the end of the uh, the season you see some uh yeah pretty full-on uh imperial things in the at the end of it but uh Mm. it's the um dave filoni and uh john favreau have done a phenomenal job with um giving people confidence back in Star Wars again because as much as I enjoyed The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi and The uh, uh, the uh, Rise of Skywalker, I still think they were flawed films because he didn't have that singular vision for them. But with The Mandalorian, because you've got uh, Favreau running it and Dave Filoni, you've got this, this vision and they're, they're just... Um, Dave Filoni is such a passionate fan of the material that he draws on stuff that happened in the past. And so if you're someone who wants to do a deep dive, you can go out and look at Easter eggs from each episode and go, oh, my God, he pulled that from this episode. He pulled that from this episode. And so it's it's really cool as a Star Wars fan. And uh, I think it's given Disney the confidence to go ahead with some more Star Wars shows. Hence, uh, recently they've announced like a slate of new live-action and animated Star Wars. Isn't Taika Waititi um, going to direct something? Uh, there was they, they talked about it a while ago, but... I'd, they didn't announce that as part uh. of the, the only film that's been announced is Rogue Squadron by Patty Jenkins. Uh, but other than that, most of the rest of it is all TV streaming stuff that's going to mm. be on uh, on Disney Plus, mm. including Hayden Christensen coming back to play Darth Vader. Which... Uh, where has he been? I'm not sure. Good question. <laughs> Who knows? He's probably just been out and mm. maybe he's, I don't know, got a hobby that he does, or a side <laughs> job. I don't know. I have no idea. No, but he's been doing stuff and he's, he's coming back to play Darth Vader. And 
don't know how that's going to work, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Mm. Um, so do we want to start talking about, uh, I don't know, we'll just see where this goes. So I've got a list of movies and things that I've seen during the year and I might just start with TV series oh. that I've gotten into. I, I got um, – there was a – a, mo- a series called Normal People that I basically downloaded. Uh, I think Stan was on Stan. I don't know. I can't remember. All of these streaming services, they just merge into mm. one. There's too many of them. But I got a free version of something to watch it and it's based on a book and about these people who are in love from high school but they keep the love secret and then, you know, it- it's – there's a lot of sex and emotion in the series, and I really. Sorry, what was the series called? Did I write that down? Normal people. Yeah, no, no, we I had this it. same conversation when I talked about it, and I think you tried to watch it. No, I no. Think, wait, is normal people? Is that the Irish people? Yes, and that was yeah. So depressing. Yeah, it was a depressing sex, really bad. Not all the sex was depressing, but it was it it. I think in the book, the sex was a foundational part of their relationship, mm, mm. and I think. It, and a lot of the stuff in the book happens inside their head and I think it just didn't translate into film or into the TV mm-hmm. series and a lot of people who are fans of the book uh, get annoyed at the fact that the main character in the book talks about how um, unattractive she is and it's a main feature and it's one of the features that is the reason why they keep the relationship on the down low at school because the guy doesn't want to be made fun of for going out with this quote-unquote unattractive person and then they, you know, they glow up. But in, in the TV series, she's gorgeous. Like yeah. you couldn't you couldn't even pretend that she wasn't not good-looking. So um, I watched that and there were parts of it I enjoyed but it was just so emotional. I'm like, I don't what, – what is it with these relationships in TV or movies that are so fraught? I'm like, who wants to be part of a relationship that is so difficult? No thanks, not for me. Yeah. Um, I also watched a series called I'll Be Gone in the Dark and this is based on Michelle McNamara's uh, book of the same name. She is a true crime author or was. She she sadly passed away just um, not that long before they caught the Golden State Killer. So I'll Be Gone in the Dark is something that the Golden State Killer said to somebody when – so this is something that happened in California in the late 70s um, sort of time. He he, um, was a rapist and a murderer um, and he was prolific and they couldn't catch him and they've just recently, like in the last year or so or two years, have caught him through DNA. Oh, wow. And this whole thing took over her life. So she was writing this book – and unfortunately, she died just before, you know, they found out who it was. So um, it was a really interesting series and it kind of reminded me of how her her whole life was taken up by this pursuit of, of who this person is and how it kind of ruined her life really uh, and or just was just – overarching you know just took over everything and I think about Truman Capote and how you know he wrote that first true crime novel um, in cold blood and that sort of took over his life for 10 years because these two guys um, you know he's trying to finish his story but there's no end unless they finally get the death penalty and that is taken out so it it 
it just took over his life and it sort of didn't he didn't really recover after that and he never really wrote anything after that. So it sort of has similarities to that. Um, I watch Shit's Creek as everybody who <laughs> listens to this show knows. Uh, a lot more upbeat than the other two things um, that I just, yeah, I loved. So they were the things that I really got into um, TV-wise. Yeah, I mean, after you had mentioned Shit's Creek, it's something that I had tried to watch quite a long time ago and I just couldn't get past the first episode but I think after you had mentioned it a couple more times and how good it was I was like I must go back because I feel like we often have or share similar you know we like similar things um so yeah when I went back and watched it and uh yeah a couple more episodes in I really really got into it loved it and have uh binged the entire uh, all of the seasons so um I I wish there was more but there's not so. I don't think there's been a couple in a tv show that I've fallen in love with or been so invested in mm-hmm. more in my life than David and Patrick, oh, honestly, yes, best couple, de- best TV couple that I've seen for a really, really, really long time. Yeah, and I think what I really enjoy about Shit's Creek is that they are, or seemingly horrible people when you first meet them. Mm. You know, they're rich people who have, you know, lost all their money, and they manage to rebuild their lives in uh, such an interesting way, and you, you kind of see them grow as people and I really find that um I think that the writing of this show is is great so yeah I I do enjoy it I I wish there was more but um unfortunately there's not but there's always the opportunity to go back and re-watch episodes yeah and I think a, a good tv show knows when it's time and I think it ended well and I think the way they did it was yeah, I think they did it quite well. Mm. So, because yeah. you don't want to outstay your welcome. That's absolutely leave them true. wanting more. Yes, definitely. Because you know, what, you know what you can do then if you leave them wanting more, a revival <laughs> down the track. So you know, that, there's there's always that uh, that option. Yeah, they don't always work though. X Files keeps trying to do it, and I'm just like, stop, guys, <laughs> just stop. Yeah, no, I must admit they they did a, a very poor job of it. Although a lot of other you know um, people have done you know revivals of shows that have, have kind of worked out okay. Like uh, I think Will and Grace did a fairly successful revival recently. Yeah, I I was not a watcher before, and I didn't watch it afterwards. I, I know Saved by the Bell has come back in some form. Um, Cecilia is probably too young to know what Saved by the oh, Bell is. Oh no, I definitely know Saved by the Bell. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Um, and I was just nodding my head before because it has um come back for a revival, but I haven't mm. seen it. So and nine hundred two one zero Degrassi. Well, th- those There's ones. been a lot of things that have come back, but you yeah, know. I don't think nine hundred two one zero's revival was all that successful. <clears throat> it's uh. Yeah, and, and Knight Rider, they've tried to dig that out of the dirt several times and that hasn't worked. And uh, yeah, I mean, for every successful one, I guess there's a lot of uh, very, very unsuccessful ones. But Some things are just of the era and yeah. should be left there. True, true. But I, I guarantee you, if you're 10 years time ago, more Shit's Creek, you'll be going bang up for that. Let's go. Uh, Let's yes, go. yes, I will be bang up See? for that. You're quite right. <laughs> hmm. uh, there was a, a show that uh, like... Uh, I just never thought that this would be a show that I would find interesting at all, but they just made a really compelling show about it, and that was a Queen's Gambit. Did either of you watch Queen's Gambit at all? I still haven't finished it. You did start it though. I, I oh did, yeah, because yeah, the first I only episode. got in the first episode, and then I just got bored. Is it the first? Because the first episode is uh, basically the the lead character learning to play. Yeah, chess. at at the orphanage and everything. Yeah. I just couldn't get into it, and I'm sure if I stayed with it. I think the thing is, I'm I'm looking for really uplifting 
things mm-hmm. at the moment and I just felt like it wasn't bringing me into the mood I needed to be in. Yeah, because it's a story of uh, of Beth Harmon, who is a chess prodigy, uh, and she gets taught by a janitor at her orphanage because her parents die, uh, which would be very unfortunate if her parents didn't die. She was in an orphanage. Um, <laughs> and, um, oh, I shouldn't laugh. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, she learns how to play chess, and that for some reason they are giving them uh, pills that are tranquilizers. And through the pill, she can like visualize the the chess game being played on the ceiling and the the, the chess pieces moving and stuff like that. Um, she's obviously got very good control of her mind to be able to do do these kind of things. Um, but she becomes just an unbeatable chess player, and it's always like people just. Uh, in the chess world just doubt her abilities and keep on going oh my god you know she's actually really good um and it's just a phenomenal thing to to, to watch like you know I, I didn't ever think you'd be interested in watching people like moving chess pieces on a board but i mean this is a, a thing that people uh, in the past uh you know used to watch people playing chess and they'd get, really get into it and um yeah it's uh i mean it's a fiction fictionalized story, but you know a lot of the uh, you know the 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 facets of it. it. It's very real to that that chess world. Um, but yeah, I think the whole fact that the the, the, the TV show works is comes down to uh, the the lead uh, actress in the in the show. Because if you know she was not someone you wanted to watch, you just would not uh, you know stick with it. I think that's the problem with the first episode. The first episode is her younger self. So you don't get to see Anna Taylor-Joy, who plays the older Beth, until the second episode. Mm. And that's when it really starts getting good. So the first episode is really origin story. And then the second episode is when you, you really start to, to, to pick up. So, um, But she, she's amazing. Like She's got a very striking look, but it's her acting ability because she's got the right amount of... Um, she she can be reserved when she needs to be and emote when she needs to, um, and she's always present on screen. So it's just it's really sensational. And there's um, other uh, you know characters who, who crop up, uh, younger actors that you've seen before, like the kid from uh, Love Actually. Um, he plays another chess player as well, and he's got his little mustache thing going on and stuff like that. You just go, oh look at you, you little kid from Love Actually. Oh look at you there. He still looks like <laughs> a little kid who's got a mustache stuck to his face he does rather he does um you've got harry uh melling who was dudley dursley from mm. uh harry potter but he looks very different these days um and he was also in oh he was in um the old guard as well right with he, charlie Theron. yes yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. in there as well um but yeah really they they wrap a really good cast around uh the the lead uh in and and yeah in this film and it's just yeah, it's a TV show. It's just sensational. So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, people, everyone I recommend it to has mm-hmm. watched it and just gone, yeah, 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 this is this is good. Even though it's not like, you know, it's not genre. It's not like sci-fi or anything like that. It's just really good storytelling. And I do need to go back and watch it. I just need to be in the right headspace. I've been looking just for, for uplifting stuff and it just didn't feel uplifting yeah. at the time. <laughs> and set, it's set in the 50s and 60s and it's got, like, if you like fashion, because she mm. becomes a real, you know, fashionista as far as the the kind of clothes she wears and that sort of thing 
So if you like those styles from that that era, then again, that's another reason to watch it. Um, and it's also dealing with like addiction as well. So um, yeah, it's just got so many different facets to it. It's just sensational, and it's you kind of feel like it's a one and done. Yeah. Because I really hope they don't do a second season of it because she's kind of achieve, achieves everything she needs to achieve in one season. Um. There was another thing that we all watched this this year, which I completely forgot about, which is The Great. Yes. Oh, that yes, was this year, wasn't it? That was this year. Yes, we did watch that. Uh, the, um, um, the, the Great. Catherine the, Catherine the Great. Catherine the Great. I had to try and remember what her name was. Um, but, yeah, from the makers of The Favourite. So mm. uh, I, I would like to go and re – I would like to go back and watch The Favourite. I've never seen it. So, um yeah, because that was another good TV series. Yeah. Well, the favorite was uh, yeah, the favorite was an interesting film, but because when I saw the trailer for it, it, it looked like they were putting it forward as like a, a real funny thing, you know, very very funny. Mm. But it actually was more more of the film was serious than yeah. than, than was funny. Um, so I was disappointed with that. But uh, with the the great, I was. I just thought it was really great. <laughs> it was good. It was like because it's um, Elle Fanning plays um, Catherine the Great and I, I really didn't know. Is it Nicholas Holt? Who's... Nicholas Holt, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I didn't know anything about the story. So that's one of the things I've, you know, I've said it over and over and over again in the two decades of doing this show that I, I love about these things, even when it is kind of – you know, revisionist history yeah because this is this is kind of accurate but kind of tongue-in-cheek so it, it more falls into a revisionist history kind of thing rather than based on a true story but um it's uh gives you that that uh starting point to go and go oh that was interesting i wonder what actually you know is you know the real story and then you go and you find some more details it's like um Today, I was going through a comic previews magazine where you order things in advance of them coming out in a couple of months. And there was a illustrated story of Hamilton. And I was like, oh, that's, Ooh. that's interesting. I wouldn't mind reading that. So, so yeah, so I'm going to order that so I can have a bit of a read about uh, some of the stuff that was in the, uh, the musical and, uh, and some of the other stuff about Hamilton. Hmm. Have you got any other TV shows before we move on to movies? I did actually watch two that I quite enjoyed. Um, again, one and Dunn's. Um, one was called The Duchess, uh, which is on Netflix, and it's created by uh, Canadian comedian Catherine Ryan, who uh, created and wrote the series about a single mother in her mid-30s living in London, kind of navigating her life. Um, but it's not too dissimilar from her own life, uh, so it has some aspect of truth to it, but obviously... Um, you know, Catherine Ryan being a comedian does up it a little bit more. And another one uh, was um, I Hate Susie with Billy Piper, again, playing a very heightened kind of version of herself as a former pop star turned actress, um, kind of navigating her her way through life and and dealing with a bit of a mishap involving a uh, leaked naked photo, which didn't happen in real life, obviously, but for the dramatic side to this story, it's it's thrown in there. So both of those were really quick and easy ones to get through, which were really nice. Uh, Unorthodox was the one that I watched uh, this year as well. And then just, yeah, making my way through recommendations. I've 
definitely got to put the um, Queen's Gambit on that list because everyone keeps telling me to watch it. So, yes. Yeah, so that, that Billy Piper show. What uh, what uh, streaming services? Probably that Stan. 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 Ah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> there's because there's another thing that I really want to get into, and it's um, I will destroy you, and I think that's on. Prime or Stan or I I just can't have all the streaming networks. I can't. Quite right, quite right. Um, the uh, before we leave uh, um, streaming though, uh, Hunters is on Amazon Prime uh, about uh, Nazi hunters in the seventies. Awesome show. uh, Although I did find the end was a little bit annoying uh and i know that the reason they did it is because they wanted to have a season two uh so but i was happy because i kind of like the cast i like the story i like the idea of nazi hunting i think everyone should hunt for nazis it <laughs> sounds like a great idea um but yeah that one was really good uh lock and key uh, based on the comic book uh about these kids who move to a house and there's magical keys that can unlock certain things including people um very uh, very trippy kind of uh, genre uh story there um that we went to the great before the crown uh, if you want more um kind of you know based on a true story kind of thing uh the crown is a uh, you know i think this is fourth season we're yeah. into now um and so you know up until this point everything that has happened in the crown was before my lifetime so it was interesting but it was kind of like everything there was i had to live through it i just went oh yeah this is interesting but then this season was a season where it was during my lifetime where he meets diana and uh you know all that kind of stuff happens and so you, you've got those memories of what actually happened and then you're seeing this you know fictionalized kind of version of it uh and it's just really interesting really well acted Acted, makes you question what actually did go on but I think you've got to remember that this is uh, a dramatization and so you shouldn't take everything as being this is what happened mm. Charles is actually a prick uh, it, you know it's it, this is just a, a you know people trying to piece things together and then filling in the gaps so mm. but still very entertaining though very mm. entertaining and um, uh, Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher just Wow. So good. Wow. I just, just, you just. She, the way she walks mm. specifically, like her voice is very close to, to Margaret Thatcher's voice. But when she walks, it's like watching a, it's like watching Margaret Thatcher. Mm. Like if you watch videos of Margaret Thatcher walking, it's a very particular way of walking. So it's, it's, she really in, embodies her. And the only thing that gives it away is Gillian Anderson is that little mole on her lip. And she's a lot prettier. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a lot prettier, but you still see Margaret Thatcher. You don't you do. see Gillian Anderson. Yeah, I think she must have a, a mouthpiece in, like, mm. for her teeth. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, also, uh, comedy wise, I talked about this on the show a couple of times, I think, most recently two weeks ago, uh, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Uh, if you want comedy, if you want surreal comedy, if you want something in the vein of uh, Monty Python, the young ones, uh, just Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun is is amazing. I'm following them on Facebook now because I just want more. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, they've been around for years. I know, and I had no idea. Mm. i just like, who are these new guys? I, <laughs> I, I, I've never seen and then to find, Overnight success yeah. that took 10 years yeah. in the making. To yeah. find out they've been around since 2011, 2012, just blew my mind mm. uh, but yeah they, they are on Netflix and they're fantastic um, and I think Sex the, Education Sex Education so yes. we were trying to figure out if the second season came out this year or not but I don't really care because <laughs> I I binged season one and two uh, together um, with, with Chris it's the first TV series we've actually found that we both wanted to watch and it was 
just so good and just marvellous and I cannot wait for the third season, which is probably going to take forever to get to us, but, you know, yeah, if you want more Gillian Anderson, that's that's the where to go. Definitely, definitely. And, and the last one I got is uh, Staged with uh, um, David Tennant and uh, Michael Sheen uh, where they are doing Zoom calls uh, to each other trying to rehearse a stage play that got put on hold because of COVID. Uh, and it was very good, very funny, very successful. And there is a, a second season that's coming out. So, yay! <laughs> Excellent. I hadn't heard of Stage. I think you have might you have. Not- me- I think you might have mentioned it before, but mm. I didn't realize it was actually a series. I thought it was just a, um, a skit that they had no, done. No, so I didn't realize. But you there got you go. it. It's on. I'm pretty sure it's on ABC iView. Ah, excellent. It's either ABC iView or SA, SA, SBS iView. SBS. So one, one of the two. But uh, and, and the trip to Greece we watched as mm. well on ABC iView. That was great because I missed the movie, but the, it's fine. The, the series gives you everything. Um, so we might move on to films that we've watched. And oh, lo- so I've just, just been reminded of a, another one as well. Uh, there was a, a Mythic Quest as well. That was, uh, I think it was on Apple TV, uh, and it was a a company that makes uh, the massive multiplayer games uh, uh, called Mystic Quest, and it's done as a comedy, and it is just, uh, it's amazing and really, really funny. So if you like computer games of any kind or anything like that, then definitely get onto that one. Hmm. So movie-wise, uh, we we started out very strong. Uh, with a well, I thought we did with a song, a, a movie called oh, song, um, 1917, which was the film that we all thought was filmed in one go, but it's just, um, it, it's very cleverly filmed so that it looks like one shot, but it's multiple shots. It's phenomenal, um, by Sam Mendes, and uh, I, I love this film. I thought it was just, I wouldn't say magical, but just really awe inspiring. And very upsetting to think, like, this is one day in the life of people during World War. Um, it was 1917, you say? Yeah, one. Oh, God, <laughs> I was so stupid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, so it's World War One. I'm, I'm a special person. Um, I, you know what? This is a bit of a tangent, but yesterday we went to Bunnings and they had this little thing near the, the garden section and I thought they were showing you fake grass like these are two different mm-hmm. fake grasses that you can get. It was like a little square, like a, you know, a little tiny square so you could feel it and see what it felt like. And I touched it and I'm like, oh, my God, it feels like real grass. And Chris is like, yeah, that's because it's real grass. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I feel like an idiot now. But anyway. Why did they have little squares of real grass? To show you you could buy this grass or this grass and this is what it feels like. And they had like pallets of it, like literally right next to it. But anyway, that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, and Marriage Story, we saw this year as well, which was um, a Netflix film um, that oh, I forget the director. He's did oh, Whale in the. Um, Baumbach? Is it Noah Baumbach? No, Noah Baumbach, yeah, who is married to Greta Gerwig. And it's a phenomenal film, really depressing in parts. <laughs> but extremely realistic um, with Scarlett Johansson and Kylo Ren, whose <laughs> name escapes me. Adam Driver. Ben. Uh, 
And Solo. Nope, that's not it. Adam Driver, thank you very much, Memory. Thank you very much. Well, um, I've Cecilia as well because Cecilia just said that before. Did she? I yeah. did. When, that's oh. all right. I said it I very did. quietly. I didn't hear it. doesn't it. matter. I'm going to congratulate my brain. Fantastic acting, though, in this film. So phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Really, um, um, there's a scene where they're, where they're having an the argument, argument. Oh. and it feels – I just too I can't. Real. It feels too real, just mm-hmm. too real. This argument and um, oh god, and the scene where where he's got the social worker in and he's trying to impress oh. her, and then like he awkward cuts himself oh, accidentally so... or something, and it's like bleeding everywhere. And she's like, I really think you should tend to that. He's like, oh, it's fine, and it's just like spewing blood everywhere. It's very awkward. It's oh my god, it's such a good mm. film, but it's it's full on. Um. I feel like there hasn't been some really a lot of standouts this year, but I have had the pleasure of um, seeing some things that went VOD because of COVID. Um, things like Resistance, which was um, kind of based on the true story of Mel- Marcel Marceau, who I don't know that Marcel I'm saying. Marcel Thank you very much. Um, who's famous as a mime, but um, before he had that career, um, he actually helped – young uh, Jewish children to escape um, in the area that he lived. So that was really inspiring. Uh, And another – so that had Jesse Eisenberg in it. And I also saw a movie called Valerium, which also had Jesse Eisenberg and um, Imogen Poots. And that was like – that's bizarre. Is it Valerium? It was so weird. That was the one where they went to look at houses and then they got stuck. Stuck. Did you watch that? I did. And I was – but only because it was – I seen the trailer to it and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a watch because it seems it's so It's too bizarre. weird not to watch. And they can't escape. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, then that crazy kid. Yeah, that ki- that was awkward. The whole thing – I hated thing- that kid. I went, when she, he – was it him or her that put him in the in the car and left him in there? I don't even uh, remember. It was, it was very – I don't know – my biggest thing with this film is I don't quite understand what it's trying to say. Completely with you there. I have no idea what it was about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was trying to tell me. Um, because often with films like that, there's a particular meaning behind mm. them. And for this one, it was strange and absurd. And I don't mind that at all. But usually when you see something strange and absurd, you can draw meaning or make meaning or it's there's some kind of subtext there. But for this one, I don't quite understand what it was. Is it trying? Was it trying to say that we're a society now where you – grow up so quickly you get married you get a house you get a kid and it, it all happens uh, is that what it's trying I to comment on I really don't know yeah okay I have no <laughs> idea but it was certainly uh, a weird one I also saw the assistant which was very um it was it was sort of based on the me too experience and also the experiences that people had with um that certain evil man uh, that um I'm not going to mention his name and it's not because I don't remember it. Um, But anyway, you know who I'm talking about who went to jail. Yeah. Anyway, so – and the sort of environment that is is there to assist those people doing those nefarious things. Mm -hmm. And so this is one day in the life of an assistant and they're all on the pay to – yeah, and these nefarious things keep happening and it's it's like – it's kind of like a whole body of people that know what's going on but don't say anything because at the end of the day they're all getting paid. Mm-hmm. It was a very strange film. Um, but then we had the luxury of seeing Bill and Ted face the music, which was just 
exactly what I needed at that time. And yes, it was absurd and stupid and I rolled my eyes at some of the comedy, but geez, it was just a good feeling to see it. Mm. No, definitely. And and that I was saying it at the time because it was uh, after like things started to open back up again, but the only things that were in cinemas were like things being re-released or there were a lot of uh, smaller budget art house independent films coming out. But for some reason, all those films were just wholly depressing. And I just wanted something to be funny and uplifting and just to, to give us you know th- those old school kind of feels. And Bill and Ted Face of Music was just the perfect antidote for the way I was feeling at the time. And it was brilliant to be able to be you know, like, like in a cinema uh, with a bunch of people and just watching a film which has got a, a long history. And it was just, uh, you know, you can go back to the you know late 80s when the first one came out and and then the second one came out and there was a big stretch where there was nothing between. But they just picked up where they left off. And there was, you know... Just everything about that film was was enjoyable. So. And, I mean, it was legit stupid. Oh, yeah. But I that's why I loved it. You just you, you can't you have to put your like your logic brain out when you see mm-hmm. films like that and just enjoy it for the fun that it's meant to be. So, yeah. There was there was one other film uh, that I saw um, at the start of the year that actually took a long time to come out because it was uh, kind of mired by the uh, the same brush about the uh, the gentleman you're referring to before, mm. uh, who was a uh, you know producer for uh, a big. Uh, film company um, and when he got uh, charged with the um, uh, sexual misconduct that he was uh, doing for decades um, the the film kind of found itself in limbo uh, and the film we're talking about is The Current War uh, which is the war um, between uh, the two two differing uh, versions of electricity transmission, uh, either the uh, DC, which is direct current, or AC, which is alternating current. Uh, and it, in this film, uh, you get to uh, you get to meet the, um, uh, the 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 two people that were like pushing their different versions of it with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, and Michael Shannon. So, uh, so Benedict Cumberbatch was Edison. Yes. Yep. And uh, Westinghouse, Westinghouse was who yep. Michael Shannon was yep. playing. Did they ha- did they have? Um, Nikola Tesla in there at all? Yes, yeah. Tesla okay. was in there as well. Yeah. Uh, mm. And it was uh, was it Nicholas Holt play, played Tesla? Yes, yeah, Holt uh, Holt's played Tesla. Tom Holland was also in there as well. Uh, there's another lady there called Tuppence Middleton, and the only reason I mention her is because that name is awesome. It is Tuppence. Pretty good. I yeah, really Tuppence. liked this film, and I think it painted a pretty interesting picture of uh, Edison as a person because you do side with Westinghouse. Well, I did mm. in this film. So, and well, I mean, he Edison's actually a proper a hole. Yes. So, but um, I, I yeah. don't think you get like when you do history at school, you never really learn that. No. But then you you see this film and you go, oh wow, he was. Yeah, he was. He was using electricity to, uh, or um, AC. He was using that to electrocute and kill yes, animals, that's el- right. elephants, and and all that sort they, of stuff to show how dangerous yeah. it was. It's like, yeah. Electricity is dangerous when you use it incorrectly. You don't need to kill animals to show that. Thank you very much. Mm, because they didn't they um they sought his help for the electric chair. Mm. So mm. that's kind of how that all come about, didn't it? Mm. Mm. Interesting. 
very interesting fellow. But no, it was it's a damn interesting movie. It's a movie I would love to to, to watch again. Mm. But it was it was as I said the beginning of the year, and it was yeah pretty much after that everything shut down. So. Yeah, it feels like so long ago, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. Um, so we we don't have a whole lot of time of the show left. So I'm going to run through a couple of movies that I saw that I I would lump into my best ofs for this year, and they're in absolutely no particular order. Um, the Peanut Butter Falcon, which has had um, Shia LaBeouf in it, Dakota, um, uh, yep, her surname. She's, she's. Mm, oh, Johnson? Is it? No. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Johnson. Oh. That's correct. Don Johnson's daughter. Um, yeah. Fantastic film. Uh, Hamilton, of course, which everyone <laughs> watched. Well, not everyone, but certainly me. <laughs> On the Rocks, the new Sophia Coppola film. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the Three Tenors. Um I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was on at Luna recently and, you know, back in the 90s you had um, Pavarotti. um, (sighs) Yep. (laughs) The other two, Placido Domingo Domingo, and uh, Jose Carreras, Mm. um, do those series of opera um, concerts and they just got huge. It was, it was massive, but it was just so wonderful to, to listen to that opera. It was, it was beautiful. Um, Bad Education which with Hugh Jackman um, and Alison Janney was one that was supposed to be released, but I ended up seeing it on, on one of the sc- streaming uh, platforms and that was based on a true story about a, a um, superintendent and other people in, in this community who were using the money that they were given by the state government in very nefarious ways by, you know, buying themselves extravagant holidays and, and cars and all sorts of things. Um, the Devil All the Time with Tom Holland and um, not Alexander Skarsgård, his brother, um, whose name he played it, uh, Peter. Yeah, yeah Skarsgård. Um, it, just a really interesting, weird-ass film. Also has um, Australian Jason Clark in it oh, as well. He's, he's just excellent. That's still on Netflix. Becky, which was a kind of a horror f- – did you end up watching Becky? Yes, I did, yes, with um, I freaking loved Kevin that. James. Yeah, oh, my I God, it. it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, um, it, yeah. it was about a, a – a, a, was Eliza Scanlon in that? Was she the main no, character? I, no, I have she a feeling it's like the her. girl that looks like Eliza yeah. Scanlon and we both thought the uh-huh. same thing. Yeah, that, that was great. So it's like a teenager, you know, taking back her power Revenge. and trying to get rid of these these baddies. Um uh, the Invisible Man, you and I both watched that, uh, Elizabeth Moss, mm. and kind of a reimagining of that series. Just awesome. That film was awesome. Booksellers, yes. uh, a documentary about, you know, um, uh, the antique book community and, and yeah, that I just absolutely loved that film. Class Action Park, another documentary which was about the um, the adventure world type mm. place that a lot of, Mishaps happened, deaths and injuries. Jersey, I think it was. Jersey, yeah. yeah. Spree, which was an unexpected VOD, which I got. um, And it was all like filmed with GoPros and stuff like that. And it was kind of like an Uber driver who goes on a killing spree. Mm -hmm. And it was just wacky and better than I expected it to be. Um, Little Women came out this year. That was fantastic. And The Secrets We Keep was another one that I saw that I absolutely thought was fantastic. And that was about a, um, a young 
girl and her family, she she experienced um, some atrocities during the World War Two. She escaped, and then she sees um, somebody in in her town that was the Nazi who was like abusing her. So, and then she kidnaps him, and yeah, interesting, very interesting film. But that was my list. Um, Obviously, there were a lot more. And, and on the yucky side, um, Hope Gap, terrible. And Happy New Year, Colin Bernstead, terrible. <laughs> oh, and Baby Done. Oh, my God. I keep forgetting to mention this. It's a New Zealand film and it's bloody hilarious. It's just so good. And it's got, um, you know, Nigel in it. Nigel. Neville. 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 Longbottom. Long from Harry Potter. He's got a real name. But we, 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 Matthew. Yeah. Matthew something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he looks different as well. From, from He sure does. From Neville Longbottom. Yes. yes. To see, did you have any other? Uh, the only one, I, Honey Boy. Did, was that released early this year or yes. late last yeah, year? Yeah, With was, uh, Shia LaBeouf, mm. uh, who also wrote this film based on his childhood, kind of growing up as a child actor. I thought this was a really well-made film. Uh, Shia LaBeouf plays his father and you've got Lucas Hedges who actually plays um, the older Shia and then oh, a brilliant young actor who plays the younger Shia. But I think that, uh, you know, overall it's an incredible, uh, well-written film uh, and really well-made. So I really enjoyed that one. But they, they don't call him Shia LaBeouf in the film, do they? they That's correct. Yep. And... I can't quite recall. Yeah. I should, it was so long ago. <laughs> it actually felt like last year we seen that film, but no, definitely worth um, seeing. And I always say this, um, can someone give Lucas Hedges a goddamn Oscar? Like, I know. He needs one. He's, he's so good. so good. But um, one day. <laughs> he's got time. He's got time. He's got time. He is very young, but he's in everything and everything he does is great. Mm. Oh, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of other films I, I saw that I thought were work, worth mentioning. Uh, the Leadership, which was a, a documentary uh, about this lady who had a dream of uh, getting like some of the finest uh, female minds in the world, sticking them on a boat, taking them in to, down to Antarctica and just like talking about leadership and mm-hmm. and uh, you know doing some study and stuff like that. And uh, it was interesting because it um, kind of takes some weird twists and turns. Like the, uh, the, the idea is solid, uh, but the execution uh, is not really uh, what they're looking for. And when you have some of these really bright people that are, you know, not used to being dictated to and lectured to. It's interesting to see how they react in those kind of situations. Uh, so the, the leadership is a great documentary. I, I highly recommend uh, you know checking that one out. Um, and uh, another one, uh, another movie uh, that I've got to rec- recommend if you can track it down uh, is Seth Rogen in American Pickle. <laughs> um, the the idea of the film is just so ridiculous. Where this uh, guy who's um, a, a Jewish guy that's moved to America, um, you know, him and his wife, they haven't got like high aspirations for, for life. You know, the, the wife, her aspiration is to be able to afford a gravestone and oh, his aspiration is to drink seltzer water. Uh, so yeah, it's you know, fairly achievable things you'd think to, by, by today's standards. But anyway, he falls into a vat of uh, pickle juice, and then the the company he works for gets closed down as soon as he falls into the vat of pickle juice, <laughs> and so he is preserved for the next like fifty or so years. Hundred. Oh, so no, sorry, hundred years. He's preserved for the next hundred years, and then he uh, gets revived in the current times. And which is, it's so weird. He gets revived in the current times and people are kind of like, oh, here's your great 
grandson uh like uh, he'll look after you now uh, away you go it's kind of like what kind of a world are you living in where a guy from 100 years ago comes into the modern society and you're not like testing him and asking him questions and like he becomes a, a major celebrity you're just like no nope, go out of the world it's fine i think you have to remove logic for this one. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely but it's a great film it's a uh, it's funny it's heartfelt it's entertaining uh seth plays both uh him the older guy and the uh the great grandfather it's just really good so I, I highly recommend checking the checking out american pickle was there anything else on your list not really i think we've covered off on uh, on everything else that we've uh, we've got there um uh yeah it's just it's been an interesting year like it's i been think long i feel like yeah it, well, it's, it's weird it's, it feels like it's been long but also very quick mm. which is weird to say that but uh, it's all timey-wimey it is very wibbly-wobbly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's uh I, i've I've enjoyed the you know the difference in this this year uh, to see how uh, like you know the arts have have dealt with the fact that people aren't in cinemas and, and stuff like that and I think we're going to see a lot of creativity come out of it um, and I've said it before that I, I believe that uh, moving forward you are going to see a lot of uh, animated features a lot of animated TV shows because those are things you can still do uh, in isolation you can still uh, record things and uh, you know send it over the internet and then patch it all together and then have a show um, so I think we're going to see a lot of that that stuff moving forward but uh, and also um, you know we were talking to Arda today um, from hashtag Italia and you you know, she was talking about how in Italy there's going to be a lot of festivals that people are able to access online. We even saw that here in WA with um, On the Couch uh, through the Revelation Film mm-hmm. Festival. They they had like an online festival where you could um, pay and see movies online. And, I mean, if, if you've got a great TV and it's a great way to, to do it and to stay out of cinemas if that's your choice. But I have um, really appreciated being able to step back into the cinemas mm, and mm. reminding myself of how much I love that environment and it's my true passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we've, we've mentioned it over and over again, like having a, a big TV or a, a home theatre and stuff is nice, but it's not the same as being in an actual theatre. Uh, and connecting with other audience mm. members. Like when I saw Baby Done, um, myself and someone sitting behind me were the only two people to laugh at a joke in, in the movie and it was a reference to something from like a true crime podcast and we both looked at each other after the movie and we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like you're not going to have that at home. No. You're not. If you had somebody laughing behind you when you're at home, you'd, you'd freak out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, it makes me wonder, though, this this year, have uh, like sales of big tellies gone up? Have people- chess chess um, piece thingies. After seeing Queen's Gambit, everyone's buying chess. That is true. Yeah, that's like legit. I must. I must admit, I was. Uh, I'm kind of tempted to buy a nice chess board. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I've got. Uh, we do have uh, Star Wars chess, which is very. It, it's good, but you got to keep reminding yourself: is this a bishop or a castle? Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it's the Star Wars characters. But like, I would love to have one of those uh, decent chess sets. I saw. I was watching. Um, Supergirl this morning and they had these chess sets where they could unscrew the chess pieces and like put little notes inside of them and stuff and I was going oh see I, I'm me the alcoholic I'm like oh and you could put little whiskies in each one. Oh. <laughs> that's an awesome like an idea. advent calendar that's actually very chess. good yeah. beer chess and then every time like you you 
take somebody's uh, queen or yeah. like porn or whatever, you open it up and you get to drink it. Could you imagine that? But you couldn't do it with beer. It Trademark, to, copyright. Yeah, it, would, it would have to be... <laughs> Drinking chess. Yeah. It had to be vodka, something like yes. higher percent well, chess Russian, yeah, vodka. Uh, so every time they take a piece, so the person like would generally be winning if they were taking more pieces, but then getting progressively more drunk. <laughs> oh, this is gold. This is gold. Let's uh, let's uh, not put this out in the world. Let's, uh, <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. It's out there. It probably already exists. Yeah, yeah. I, I people have probably done that for funsies. You know, bought all of the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the little bar size alcohol from from the shops. And, uh, yeah, totally played chess with that. I think we need to do that. I don't know how to play chess, but, you know. Nor do I. We can I. Maybe we'll out. watch The Queen's Gambit and we'll learn a couple of tricks. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. If I can learn to play chess, anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I think we're nearly time to wrap up. Was there anything else that um, warranted mentioning before we do so? I'm sure there's something that uh, we'll forget. But, um, you yeah. know, I think the the beauty of it is people have had access to all sorts of content. So, uh, you know, everyone's found something that they've loved to watch this year and it's been nice talking to people about the different things that they've watched. Mm. So uh, if that is you and you've got something you'd like to recommend us, definitely jump onto our Facebook and uh, let us know what we should watch or what you think we should watch. Mm. So. Uh, I guess to, to wrap it up, thank you very much for listening to us this year. We hope you guys stay tuned and uh, you know keep keep with us for next year. Although we do have one more show left of the year on Chris on New Year's Eve, so yeah, uh, we're gonna go in and just drink the whole time and just go <laughs> Happy New Year. We're gonna play chess with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on we'll that talk, show, talk about things we're looking forward to in 2021. Uh, but we'd like to once again uh, thank you very much for listening. Wish you all a safe and happy Christmas, and uh, we will catch you next week. Bye bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture. <laughs>